1: Walking the path with the Buddha. Today we're going to be doing guided loving kindness meditation. Our guided loving kindness meditation is to train the mind to let go of anger, hatred, and ill will. This is where the mind becomes hostile and aggressive. We tend to assign these frustrated or irritated or annoyed feelings or even the stronger versions of anger and hatred and ill will to other people and what other people are actually doing and we think that it's other people who are making us angry in the unenlightened state but in reality what the buddhist teachings actually teach us when you see true reality is that the hatred and the anger and the ill will the frustration the irritation the annoyance is all being caused by our own mind and oftentimes there's even jealousy and resentment that's in the mind Loving kindness meditation and practicing loving kindness in daily life are the antidotes to this. There's other antidotes that need to be in place in order to build up a comprehensive practice, in order to train the mind to fully get to this enlightened mental state where it's peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. But this one aspect that we're going to be working on today with loving kindness meditation is all about eradicating anger, hatred, and ill will from the mind and all these other lesser versions that the mind experiences as it falsely attributes the painful feelings that it has in the mind to other people or other situations. And then oftentimes, we even have aversion. Once the anger arises or these fateful and ill will or these painful feelings start arising, we oftentimes, as we assign it to a certain person or a certain situation, we push this person or this situation away and we erect a wall between us and them. And we feel like because other people are causing us to be angry, that the way for us to get to some type of peacefulness is to push everybody out that we are falsely and mistakenly assigning these painful feelings to. And what this ends up doing is it leaves you fairly secluded and isolated because you can only be friends and friendly with people who meet your criteria and your conditions you have certain conditions that need to be met. And there's only a few number of people that can meet that on an ongoing basis. And then because of impermanence, it's only a matter of time before those same people, even five, 10 years into a relationship, that they do something that you may feel has caused your anger and you choose to push them out of your life. And this inhibits a being from having open loving relationships with all beings so here with loving kindness meditation we're going to be training the mind to transform this aspect of the mind that has anger hatred ill will this aversion of wanting to push painful things away and instead we're going to cultivate loving kindness in the mind so that we can then transform this through meditation and then The goal is for you to then in daily life to be practicing loving kindness what loving kindness is is it's a genuine interest to see all beings be well without judgment where you're not judging other people and choosing to only love certain people if they meet your conditions but instead all beings all beings humans animals and other beings You just have a genuine interest in seeing all these beings be well. And by you cultivating that in your mind through meditation, practicing it in daily life, and you interact with all beings in this way with love and kindness, then over time, that's what comes back to you. Where if we go around angry and hateful with ill will, and we're complaining, and we're annoyed, and we're jealous and resentful, and that's what we're putting out into the world, then that's what's going to come back to us because that's the way we treat others. So others are going to treat us the same way. So when you train your mind with loving kindness and then practice loving kindness in daily life, and you're doing this on an ongoing consistent basis, then what you'll find is that your intentions, your speech, your actions, everything will emanate from this loving kindness along with the other teachings where you're not interested in causing harm to others. And with that intention of not being interested to cause harm, your intentions, your speech, and your actions are going to be very different as you interact with people because of this wisdom. And as you practice this way, then more and more people over time will start practicing with you that way. Because you're being kind and polite and friendly, respectful in all your interactions, this is what will come back to you. So we're going to use breathing mindfulness meditation to first enter into meditation and kind of prepare the mind, clear it out and really focus on the breath, getting into the present moment. Then we're going to move into loving kindness meditation where I'll be doing affirmations and I'll be saying them out loud and then you will repeat those in your own mind. If I wasn't guiding this meditation, I would just be quiet. You wouldn't actually even know whether I was doing breathing mindfulness meditation or loving kindness, because from the outside, it looks the same. So this affirmation that I give you, it's going to be in the mind. It's what you're going to repeat in the mind in order to cultivate this loving kindness this loving kindness meditation it starts with you we're going to do four phrases you're going to say may i be peaceful and then that's on the out breath and then on the second one you're going to say may i be safe on the out breath may i be well on the out breath so each out breath right and then the last one is may i be free of all discontentedness in the suffering that it causes. Each time you're making an out breath, you really focus on having that genuine interest in seeing yourself be peaceful, be safe, be well, and be free of discontentedness. Like Really embody that in the mind. This meditation is very active, where you're not just on cruise control, but you're actively and attentively engaged with this statement and really embodying that and really permeating that in the mind, really filling up the mind with this genuine interest that you are going to be peaceful, safe, well, and free of discontentedness in the suffering it causes. Then we're going to move to a ring slightly larger than that. And we'll probably use may we, meaning we, those of us that are meditating together. And we'll go through those same four statements. And once again, a very active meditation where we're embodying this phrase, may we be peaceful, may we be safe, may we be well, may we be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. And then we'll move a little bit wider and a little bit wider and we'll go through these successive rings, maybe about six or eight different rings until eventually we get to all beings and may all beings be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of discontentedness and the suffering it causes. And you're cultivating this in the mind so that then when you go out into the world, you can practice that. You can practice having this genuine interest in others being peaceful, safe, well, and free of discontentedness and the suffering it causes, where you're not interested in causing harm to any other beings. And you'll find your interactions will soften a bit and you will start to interact with people very differently than you did before. This isn't a one-time shot where you do meditation once and then everything changes for you. It's a gradual, consistent training over multiple sessions of training the mind this way and gradually building up where the mind is filled and permeating with loving kindness for yourself and all beings. And we need to start with ourselves because how could we have loving kindness and compassion for others if we didn't first have it for ourselves so we cultivate this with ourselves first and really embody these phrases and then put them out so that we fill up the mind with this loving kindness and then after our loving kindness meditation then we'll do some breathing mindfulness meditation on the back side and just kind of clearing out the mind kind of sitting with the breath which i'll be giving you guidance along the way and then after we're done I'll take questions on anything that you guys have questions about related to this meditation or breathing mindfulness meditation or anything along the path whatsoever that you're experiencing and that you need help with. But before we go into the meditation, I would just like to pause and see if we have any questions related to what we're going to be doing in our meditation and then we'll move into the actual guided meditation. So if you're in Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, you can put your question into the comment section. Our moderators, James, Manal, Bassam, will see that and get the question asked during the class. And if you're in Zoom, you can electronically raise your hand and we'll be able to answer your question that way. So I'll just turn things over to you guys for a bit here as we get prepared and ready for our meditation and see if there's any questions before we move into the actual meditation
2: itself. We have a question that just came in from Nick. He asks, can we say our name instead of I in the first string?
0: Sure.
1: Yeah, that would be good to actually help you. I'm sure this is what Nick is thinking about. This would be good to help you to practice non-self. If you would like to eliminate that I and say, you know, may Nick be well, right? May Nick be free of discontentedness. Sure. That's wonderful.
2: Seems we have no other questions at this time,
1: David. Okay. So as I say these affirmations, once we get into loving kindness meditation, just do it wherever you get to your out breath. Don't feel like your breath has to be synced up exactly to what I'm doing. My guidance that I'm sharing with you is just to kind of prompt you and cue you and give you a little bit of light guidance along the way. But this is your practice. This is your work. This is your effort. This is just me kind of helping you along helping you build up your practice so that then when you're on your own, you can do this by yourself. But coming here like this will help you to kind of build up your practice. So go ahead and get into meditation position. Usually with loving kindness meditation, we do either seated, lying, or standing. And usually in classroom environments, we typically will use the seated position. Today I'm in a chair because I'm teaching online. You can be in a chair, you can be on the floor. If you're on the floor, you're probably going to cross your legs, maybe put some cushions under your rear. Make sure that the angle on your hips, your knees, and your ankles isn't too tight because the circulation will have a tendency to slow down and have a pain going through your body. And if at any time you feel pain during the meditation, just shift your position and get into something more comfortable because there's no reward for experiencing pain in meditation. If you're feeling pain, 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 then how could you have loving kindness and cultivate that in the mind when you've got this overpowering pain that's coming through? So wherever you feel pain, just adjust your position. Your upper body should be erect. That creates some attentiveness and alertness in the mind because the spine is erect and you've engaged the muscles. Your hands and arms, they can be really wherever you like that's comfortable. The Buddha put his right hand over top of his left with his thumbs together, and then he put that into his lap. If that works for you, you can use it. But if it's not comfortable, sometimes people put their hands on their thighs or their knees or the armrest of a chair, whatever is comfortable. Because the lower body and the hands and arms, it's almost like they don't even exist, where the upper body should be erect. Okay. Then close the eyes. And just start breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. You would like to just take some nice natural breaths. Breathing in. And out. Breathing in. And out. Remember your breath doesn't need to be synced up to the guidance that I'm providing. It's just here to kind of assist you along. This is your practice. As you're breathing in, just establish a nice natural breath. Not forced or controlled. Just breathing in through the nostrils experiencing the full breath, and then breathing out through the nose, experiencing the full exhale. Nice, steady, and calm. Breathing in, and out breathing in and out I'm just going to leave you here for a moment while i do some chanting to kind of ease us into meditation and then i'll be back with some more guidance
3: พระทั้งสัมมา <tries> So, the people who are Nap more hasab hacko ato. Arahato sammā more Hara Hato is some ITI PISO AMHA KAWA ARAKHANG SAMMA SAMHOTO VI CHA CHA RANANG Manutero Purisa Nama Sati Satatava Manuasana Puto Bhagavati
1: Okay, you should be breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Nice, steady, consistent breath. Breathing in and out. Focus the mind on the breath. The breath is the present moment. So fixate the mind on the sound of the breath or the sensation of the air moving into the nose. This breath is the present moment. It's right now. Breathing in. This first part of our meditation, breathing mindfulness meditation. As the mind wanders off the breath, cut off whatever thought arose and let it go. Bring the mind back to the breath. As the mind wanders, you haven't done anything wrong, no need to feel guilty or shameful just the unenlightened mind doing what it does. It's craving. It's yearning. It's going to the past or the future. Having thoughts, ideas, or perceptions. Just let those go and focus on the breath. Breathing in. and out. I'm going to let you do some work here with breathing mindfulness meditation. Then I'll be back with loving kindness meditation in just a little bit. But focus on the breath and wherever you notice it's not on the breath, cut that off and bring it back to the breath. You have nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. No one needs you right now. This is your time. Just focus on the breath. Breathing in and out. Continuing to stay focused on the breath. Breathing in. And out. On the next out breath, repeat this affirmation in the mind. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. Be safe. May we be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. close to me, be peaceful. May they be safe. be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all those whom I've harmed, may they be peaceful. be safe. free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. those who have harmed me be peaceful. be safe. may they be well. Be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all beings, no matter where they reside, be peaceful. save May they be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. to focusing on the breath for the remaining time of our meditation, breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Whenever the mind's not on the breath, cut that off, let it go, bring it back to the breath, the present moment. Breathing in. (laughs)
3: ara sammasamoto mahaka va hotam hakavanna api vakti ami savakha to Maha Kavata Tammu Dhamang Namas Amin Supatipano Maha Kavata Sava Kassam Kho Nap more her Hara TO Summa Samputasa Nap more Hassab Hako Hara Hato Summa Samputasa Iti Piso Hakoa Arahang samma sammuto. We cha charanang sammuno. Saika Namastī satī satā manu Okay,
1: if you guys would like to make your way out of meditation slowly but surely One of the things that I would like to mention before we go into questions is not only is this meditation active, as all meditations are, the mind should be active, actively, attentively working to either eliminate certain unwholesome qualities or arise certain wholesome qualities. What you should do with loving kindness meditation is in these rings is customize them based on your life and your practice. So if there's certain people in your life that you need to cultivate loving kindness for, maybe people you have anger or you have strong feelings towards or you have real challenging relationships with them. Maybe you guys just rub each other a bit and it's a bit challenging. Those are the people you should be including in your meditation. and You may even have just one ring for them for mom, or mother-in-law, or brother, or sister, or a co-worker, or a neighbor, or anything like this, if you're having trouble, right? If you're having challenges, maybe, maybe a customer of yours, if you're in business, and a certain customer is being very challenging for you right now, put them into your meditation, and they may show up there for a week or two, and then maybe you've got such loving kindness, you can move other people into your loving-kindness meditation. Or maybe it's going to take many months. I've commented before about how when I first started loving-kindness meditation, I had a really challenging relationship with my mom. So she was in there for a good six months or longer before she no longer needed to be in my meditation because I cultivated in the mind and filled up the mind with loving-kindness towards her and started practicing that when I was around her. So you need to customize this based on your life. And when we do these meditations together, I'm just kind of giving you some general examples because we're all kind of in a group together. So I'm kind of using some general terms that apply to all of us. But when I used to do this in my practice, I would include specific people, you know, my mom, my sister, certain employees at that time, uh, certain customers, landlords. I had landlords in our business that was very challenging to deal with sometimes. Uh, If you're on the way to work or on the way home and someone cuts you off in traffic and you feel hatred arise or anger arise, put that person in your loving kindness meditation because holding on to any kind of anger, hatred, or ill will, or the lesser versions of that, it's only harming you, right? Especially if these situations occurred 5, 10, 20 years ago, Any kind of resentment that we hold on to, any kind of hostility, any kind of feelings of wishing that person harm, it's only going to harm your own mind. So this is the way to let that go. So leading into meditation with breathing mindfulness meditation, really centering the mind, focusing the mind, clearing out any craving, desire, attachment, cultivating awareness of mind, move into loving kindness meditation, put yourself first or this being first, there is no self, but this being, and then increase your rings from there based on your own life. And then sometimes during loving kindness meditation, a bit of hatred arises, a bit of anger arises because you're thinking about this individual or this group of individuals. And that's why on the back side we do that more breathing mindfulness meditation to clear out the mind and bring it back to the breath and clear out anything that the mind's holding on to, let that go and cultivate awareness of mind. So that's what that backside of breathing mindfulness meditation is for. So let's just open things up to any kind of questions you guys have on loving kindness meditation, breathing mindfulness meditation, chanting, anything from the entire path, whether it's, you know, what is enlightenment, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Five Precepts, the Middle Way, The natural law of gamma the three poisons uh, what is merit cultivating on craving and analysis of the mind any of these topics that we've been covering or anything that you've just been thinking or pondering about in your practice and looking to really kind of build up your practice and deepen it making it more solid a stronger foundation so the way you can ask questions is put those into facebook youtube or zoom in the comment section our moderators will see that or you can raise your hand electronically in Zoom and ask any questions or follow-up questions directly.
2: Hi, even. You've recommended that during Breathing Mindfulness Meditation that we perform that without guidance. And I was wondering if you would give that same advice for loving Kindness Meditation given the perhaps more active nature of it in regards to the rings.
1: Yeah, when a practitioner is first starting out, they're going to need guidance, you know, being able to just kind of walk into complete silence, it's kind of like almost the worst nightmare for someone who's just starting because there's so much muddledness, there's so much clutter in the mind and random thoughts that oftentimes just sitting quietly by themselves isn't something that they're comfortable with and their mind oftentimes rumiates and becomes obsessive. So usually when someone's just starting out and everybody's a bit different, but they might need to listen to these guided. Breathing mindfulness meditation sessions that I've done in order to guide them into breathing mindfulness meditation. And then, same thing with loving kindness meditation. You know, if you start with breathing mindfulness meditation with a good solid four weeks of consistent buildup to getting to two to three sessions per day, about 30 minutes or more. Now, if you're only starting at five or 10 minutes, that's fine, or even one minute, that's fine, but build up to two or three times. 30 minutes or more per session. And then once you feel like you've got that under your belt for a good four weeks and you're continuing with that, then add in loving kindness meditation. And yeah, you may need to use these guided ones to really help you get going and off the ground and feeling comfortable and confident. And then as you do and you start getting the swing of things, then maybe that's when you start customizing it a bit. Because remember, in order to really transform the mind here, you're talking about multiple years of meditating. And if you're going to get to enlightenment, even once you get to enlightenment, you're still going to be meditating. So there's no rush and you're going to be meditating your whole life, essentially. When you get to enlightenment is yet to be determined, but this transformation is gradual. So if you take four weeks or so to build up breathing mindfulness and another four weeks or so to build up loving kindness... And then at some point you start doing it gradually on your own without guidance, then that's great because that's where you'd really like to get to. You're not interested in having your meditation practice attached to somebody guiding you through it, but you're going to probably need that as you first get started. So even just listening to the podcast or the YouTube videos can be great to guide you in order to get you moving But then slowly phase that out as you start feeling ready, where maybe one session you do with guidance, one without, one with it, one without, maybe one day with it, one day without, maybe one day with it, two days without, maybe one day with it, three or four days without, just slowly kind of gradually move it away because this is what the unenlightened mind tends to be comfortable with, is these gradual, subtle changes. It doesn't like real abrupt change. So if you went from never meditating ever in your life to, all right, I'm going to do three times a day for 30 minutes a session, it just doesn't work that way. Or if you've been meditating with music for two or three years or with guided meditations and apps for two or three years, and you're just going to go cold turkey, that typically doesn't work for most people. They find it very difficult because the unenlightened mind doesn't like impermanence. You know, We know from the Four Noble Truths that the unenlighted mind craves permanence. And that's what causes discontentedness. Another way to say that is the unenlightened mind does not like impermanence. And because it doesn't like it, it's not used to it, it's not trained for it, then it causes itself discontentedness. So knowing that rather than have these real abrupt changes in your practice, it's usually better to kind of make subtle changes to the ultimate goal, which would be you just meditating on your own No candles, no music, no beads, no anything. Just body, mind, and breath. But it takes time to build up to that.
2: Thank you. You mentioned earlier that we always begin with the ring of ourselves. And would you say that aversion and criticism of others tends to begin with criticism and some level of aversion toward ourselves? Yeah,
1: if you've got that negative self-talk in the mind that you know, just kind of dissuade you, degrade you, tell you that you're no good. And don't even try that idea that you've got. You're going to fail. You failed at everything else in your life. You know, all this negative self-talk that oftentimes remains in the mind. This loving kindness meditation is what will help to get rid of that. Breathing mindfulness meditation, it needs to be there too, because the mind's holding on to this negative self-talk. So that's why that needs to be a foundational practice. But then once that's well established and the mind's softening up and starting to let things go, that's where the loving kindness meditation comes in and starts to help you stop that negative cycle of constantly having this negative talk in the mind. And that can be revolutionary when you get rid of that guy or girl, whoever that is in the mind that keeps saying all these negative things to you when you're in the shower, when you're in the car, when you're sitting somewhere, when you're at work, whatever that self-talk is, that negative self-talk, getting rid of that is really helpful because then you can have a more positive outlook on life. And by eliminating that judgment of your own self and that negative self-talk towards yourself, then you will tend to not be that way with others. So if you think negatively of others, the gamma is that you're going to think negatively of yourself too. So you've got to improve both sides of this where you're not thinking negatively about yourself and you're not thinking negatively about others. If you go around and judge others all the time and look down on others with arrogance and ego and pride and measuring and comparing others, thinking they're no good or their clothes are no good or their job's no good or they're stupid or ugly or whatever the derogatory words are that some of us use. If you think that way of others, you're also going to think that way of your own being as well. So cutting off that is really, really helpful. It's going to help both sides of this equation and it's loving kindness meditation that's going to help you do that something that you can work on doing is just seeing the positive in everything just seeing the wholesome and positive in everything yes there's negative things and there's miserable things that happen in the world but an enlightened being is going to be able to see positive in every single situation let me give you an example if i saw which i haven't seen in a very long time but if i saw a mother for example beating her child and punishing them with beating them physically Of course, this is not helpful and this isn't something that would be wholesome in the world, but I can see something really positive in that. What I see is I see a mother who really loves her child and wants to see her child be well, but they're just lacking the wisdom, the moral conduct, and the mental discipline of how to do that. But inside, they truly love this child and they really would like to see this child be well but they're resorting to whatever conditioning and whatever experiences they've had, and they're resorting to beating the child. So rather than focusing on the negative behavior of them beating the child, what you need to be able to see is you need to be able to see the wholesome side and the positive side. Same thing, like if your child comes home with bad grades or you ask them to clean their room and they chose to draw a picture instead, or something like this, always see the positive in everything, and then just work in that direction where you're not judging people for the unwholesome things that they're doing. Because the Buddha's words, he says that how could we judge others when whatever people are doing that is unwholesome, we've done those same exact things in this life or some prior life. He said, no matter what you see other people doing, no matter what unwholesomeness that they are conducting, you've done those same exact things either in this life or some previous life. So just the fact that we choose to not beat our children, for example, but somebody else is, it just means they're at a different point in their life than we are. And we've been fortunate to learn these teachings, progress, And maybe we choose not to beat our child and we choose other ways to guide them in life but this other person hasn't had those same experiences so rather than look down on them or judge them or think they're a bad person look at them as your brother your sister your mother your father your grandparent or some other relative which is what the buddha also said that every being in existence has been our relative at some point and That whatever they're doing unwholesome, we've done either in this life or some previous life. So if you think that way when you interact with people, then it can really knock down this kind of judgment that the mind sometimes has as we look at other people and we try to think that we're more wholesome or and the arrogance kicks in and the pride kicks in and the measuring and comparing and instead just have loving kindness, this genuine interest in seeing all beings be well and have this compassion, which we're going to talk about these on Sunday. Compassion is concern for the misfortune of others. So this example that I'm giving a mother or father who's beating their child, we should have concern for their misfortune, that they were not fortunate to be able to learn and practice these teachings and understand that we've done these same things at some point and it doesn't benefit us to judge others for any reason
2: whatsoever. That sounds like a really useful exercise for developing loving kindness, is seeing the positive in different situations and in different people. Do you think that even expanding that out to journaling about these things could help us develop loving kindness?
1: Sure, if that helps you, some people are able to release a lot from the mind by writing things out. I remember one time when I was in America and I didn't even really know these teachings very much when I was there and uh, my son was about at that point maybe two two and a half years old and I came out in the living room and he had a red permanent magic marker right so called permanent magic marker and he was just drawing on the drywall and he made this it looked like a big scenery like a mountain or something and I walked out and I just happened to walk in he was really into this drawing and he had never done anything like that ever before and right away I was like, Bailan, and he he turned and looked at me real quick, and he, he jolted and stopped doing what he was doing, and then I just smiled, and I was like, oh, you drew mommy and daddy a wonderful picture. Look at you, drawing already, two, two and a half years old. Now, if we were attached to this, right, and we were attached to the drywall, we could have been berserk. We could have talked harshly to him. We could have punished him. We could have done all these things. But in his mind, as a two-year-old, he was doing something wonderful. He was trying to decorate the house and make the house beautiful. And, you know, we weren't really paying attention to him, which we normally would watch him very closely. But for some reason, that particular moment, we weren't watching him and he had the marker. And I just noticed that he went from when I was like, Bailan, he turned and his face looked stressed to when he saw me smile and say, you made a beautiful picture for mommy and daddy, didn't you? You're trying to make the house look beautiful. He just lit up and he is like, you know, wanting to explain it to me. And he couldn't really talk much at that point. And he was goo goo and gaggling and kind of showing me what he made. And I was like, yeah, that's wonderful. Such a great job. Well, of course, you know, we were moving out not too long after that and they needed to paint and it was no big deal. They just painted right over it. But those are kind of things that if our mind is attached and fixed and we want this house to be beautiful or we want this permanent paint you know, to stay on and we expect that our children are never going to make any kind of mistakes like this, then that can arise anger and then we can be harsh and aggressive and hostile to our children, which makes the relationship difficult and these are the kind of things whether it's your child whether it's somebody else's child whether it's somebody in the public you don't need to be measuring and comparing anybody at all but wherever you notice that judgment is arising in the mind or you're looking at someone as being unwholesome or as if they're bad or they've done something wrong you've got to grab that and cut it off and let it go that's where breathing mindfulness meditation comes in that you've trained the mind to let it go. And you arise this loving kindness. So in that moment, without even realizing what I had done, I caught it that my mind was about to be, Bailan! and then he turned and I saw the stress. And as soon as I saw the stress on his face, I switched to something else. And I wasn't even aware at that time of these teachings, but that's what you can do is just catch yourself and cut it off. So if you find yourself stressing about a client or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or any kind of situation or your children, anything that's arising in the mind that is unwholesome, any kind of discontentedness or anger, frustration, judgment, measuring and comparing, pride, arrogance, wherever you notice that with awareness of mind, cut it off, let it go and arise wholesome qualities. And that's what's going to help the mind eventually get to the point where those unwholesome qualities will never arise anymore. Because you've filled up and you've permeated the mind so much that the mind eventually gradually submits. That every time this unwholesomeness arises, you kick it out and you cut it off and you let it go. And you will permeate and soak the mind with the positive, wholesome qualities. And eventually, the mind submits and it just always has these wholesome qualities in the mind and it never dips into that unwholesomeness. It never experiences discontentedness because you've trained it so well. But you've got to catch it. When you catch it, cut it off, let it go, and arise the wholesome qualities. This would be a practice of right effort from the Eightfold Path, taking the effort to eliminate unwholesome, arise the wholesome, And of course, you're going to need that mindfulness, that seventh step, that awareness of mind to be able to apply right effort. And you're going to need right concentration, which is the focus, the singleness of mind. Whereas if the mind's busy trying to do lots of things, then you're not going to understand the present moment and what's going on to be able to have that awareness of mind and cut off these unwholesome thoughts and arise the wholesome thoughts. Because if you keep letting that unwholesomeness come into the mind and permeate in the mind, it's like letting someone put poison in your bucket of water. And once it's in there, it's a lot harder to get it out. So if you can catch it and cut it off, it keeps your mind pure. It keeps the water pure.
2: Speaking of the unwholesome thoughts that can come into the mind and the aversive feelings that we may have, what are the consequences in regards to karma of having these thoughts? is it possible that these thoughts stay in the mind or are they necessarily going to lead into our actions? Can you just speak generally about that?
1: Yeah. So the fact that someone is having the thoughts to begin with is their gamma. That's their gamma that they're even having the thoughts because whatever conditioning, whatever experiences you've had in this life and previous lives, it's led to whatever condition your mind is right now. So if you're having negative thoughts and you're judging others. That's part of the conditioning of the mind that you've experienced. And it's your karma that that's there. But if you allow that to continue and you don't take active steps, then it's your choice to allow the judgment to stay there, to allow the unwholesome thoughts to stay there. It's your choice to allow that stuff to reside there. And then you dwell in this unwholesomeness. It's like a cesspool. It's like being in a bathtub that's got dirty water and you're just staying in the dirty water rather than getting out toweling off and getting a fresh bath you're just staying in the dirty water and that's your choice to do that so when people choose to speak unkind or disrespectful or they're doing unwholesome things that's their choice to do that and it's our choice if we choose to do those things too even once we know these teachings and we haven't quite got the mental discipline to choose to do something better at least we're working in the right direction so it's our gamma if we're dealing with any unwholesome negative thoughts that we've currently got them if we maintain them and we don't take and make active decisions to eliminate them then it's our gamma that they're going to stick around and as they stick around it's going to influence our intentions our speech and our actions which now are going to impact our personal and professional relationships. We're going to find it a real struggle and really difficult to have personal and professional relationships. And we're going to struggle on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis as long as we're choosing to keep these unwholesome thoughts and unwholesome qualities in the mind. But when we choose to transform that through learning and practicing the Buddhist teachings, now we're improving our kama. We're cleaning up our unwholesome gamma and we're producing wholesome gamma. We're making the choice to learn by reading, by watching videos, by listening to podcasts, by coming to these classes. We're making the choice to meditate, become very active in our practice, either breathing mindfulness meditation or loving kindness and doing those, having personal guidance with your teacher, making sure that your practice is always progressing. You're making the choice to do that and eradicate this unwholesomeness, arise the wholesomeness. And now as a result of that, your mind's going to start permeating more and more with these wholesome qualities. And now your personal and professional relationships are going to smooth out and they're going to improve because you're making better and better decisions. And now you're going to have easier, more fluid, more effortless personal relationships, which is going to lead to then being able to have effortless professional relationships, and you're gonna see more and more professional opportunities open up for you because your gamma is, is that with this one customer, you're friendly, you're polite, you're kind, you're respectful, you do a really good job, you speak the truth, you're a good listener, you take in the requirements of the job and you get it done, you deliver it, and you're very polite, kind, friendly, respectful as you do so. And now this customer has such a great experience, they spread the word for you. You don't even really have to do advertising or you don't have to even almost look for another job. It's like when when you're done with one job, the next job appears because the word has spread. That's your kama. That's the wholesome kama of you practicing these teachings where you're not causing harm to anybody. You're always speaking at the right time what you say is true you speak gentle beneficial with a mind of loving kindness without blame and more and more and more you get better at that and it becomes effortless for you to do that and it just becomes very fluid and now the word spreads in your professional career it also spreads in your personal life and more and more you just find yourself always around people that are just very polite kind friendly and respectful to you because That's the way you are to everyone else. And, you know, when your one customer refers or your one friend talks to a new friend, they're like, oh, you've got to meet James. You know, he's does such a good job. Like he only quoted me for 10 hours, but I know we must have spent 20 or 25 hours on that job. And, you know, maybe you only spent six hours. Who knows? But to that person, they felt like you did such a good job and you attended to their needs so well that the word just spread. So now this new customer that's coming to you already has the mindset about how James does such a good job. And now this makes it easier for you to conduct your daily business, both personally and professionally. Now, learning and practicing these teachings should never be about gain. In that oh yeah i want to get all these friends personal friends i want to get all these customers so let me learn the buddhist teachings to learn how to get all these customers if you do it that way it's not going to have the same effect it's not going to have the same results because the mind is tainted and it's trying to pursue this out of selfish desires instead if you learn these teachings and you reflect on them and you practice them out of the interest to ensure that you're not causing harm to other beings And you see that by you not causing harm to other beings, it's beneficial for everyone in the world, including you. And whatever benefit comes from that, that's fine. But you're not in it for the benefit. You're in it just because it's the right thing to do to ensure you're not causing harm to other beings. And having that confidence in these teachings, removing any kind of doubt, you'll see the more that you practice with people around you you will clean up any kind of unwholesome relationships that you currently have and these things will get better and better and better and easier but you're only doing it just because you know it's the right thing to do and you'll just see all these positive benefits because of it and that's because of the choices you're making your
2: gamma so it is fair to say that when we have unwholesome states in the mind they're inevitably going to bleed into our Our actions and therein lies one of the great values of loving kindness meditation i suppose
1: right you can't hide we often think that we're hiding the negative thoughts in our mind and we kind of put on the sweet talk and things like this but you really can't hide it whatever is in there in the mind it's going to come through in your intention speech and actions and it's going to bleed out into your life so that's why by purifying your own mind then your intention, speech, and actions and interactions with all people are going to just become more and more purified. And then the more that you do this in your life, now what's coming back to you is more and more peaceful. So it kind of like builds on itself. It's like a snowball. But initially, when you first get underway with these teachings, some people's lives can be quite a wreck. It can be quite difficult in your life. You, know, you might have life partner where you guys argue a lot. You might have children that are very challenging to deal with and maybe they back talk. Maybe they're disrespectful. Maybe they're having a lot of challenges with decisions they're making. Maybe you're having all kinds of difficulties, not only with your life partner and your children, but your parents and your siblings and your professional life. So that's because of the results of all the decisions that we've made in this life. And it's because of our lack of wisdom in the past. It's because of our lack of moral conduct in the past and the lack of our mental discipline in the past. And as we clean up and transform the mind, this craving, anger, and ignorance, and we eradicate these 10 fetters, which map into the craving, anger, ignorance, as we clean that up in our own mind, now we start interacting in the world very differently based on this wisdom, moral conduct, and mental discipline. And as we change, having transformed our mind and we start interacting in the world differently, we will then have the wisdom of how to have a very loving relationship with our life partner. We'll learn how to guide our children better. We'll learn how to have better business relationships. And we'll just see things get easier and easier. But it comes through effort. It comes through our own dedication, determination, and diligence. Staying on top of this where we're not complacent and making sure that we're active in our practice, both in meditation and outside of meditation, making wise choices. And as we uncover and we kind of come out of the darkness of all those struggles that we've been struggling with our life, then we kind of start seeing these relationships improving and gradually our mind gets better and better and it just builds on itself more and more. And because we experience everything in this life through our own mind, then by purifying our own mind, we look at the world very differently. An enlightened being knows that there's misery and difficulties and struggles in the world. An enlightened being can see probably more clearly than an unenlightened person even. They know that all this misery is existing in the world, but their mind isn't attached to the world being a certain way in order to be peaceful. An enlightened being has transcended trying to change the world because they realize that they can't do that. All they can do is change their own mind. So it's not that the world is such a horrible or miserable or challenging place or struggle to exist in. It's that the unenlightened mind doesn't understand the world. It's attached to the world. It's trying to control things in the world rather than just let go and find its own inner peace And an enlightened mind can see the challenges, but it can also see all the positive things in the world too. But an enlightened mind isn't gonna be affected in a negative way by all these negative things that are happening in the world. It's just gonna know that that's a result of craving, anger, and ignorance. All the unwholesomeness that happens in the world. You name it, it can be traced back to the Buddhist teachings in one way or another. And yes, if the entire world practiced the Buddhist teachings, it would be heaven on earth, it would be peace on earth, but we're not there and we're not going to be there probably within this lifetime. So, if we allow our mind to be attached to what the world is or isn't doing, then we're just going to keep being discontent over and over and over again. So, by focusing on our own mind and kind of letting go, knowing that the world is going to do what the world's going to do, and just focus on improving our own mind then that's where you can get to this peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy because it's no longer burdened by carrying around the craving, desire, attachment, the wants and expectations of wanting everybody and everything to be a certain way.
2: Thank you, David. That's all the questions we have for today.
1: Okay. So on Sunday, we're going to be in chapter 14 of the book, Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Enlightenment this is a very short chapter to read. It's about four mental states that we need to cultivate in the mind as part of this practice. A lot of what we've been talking about in this program so far is a lot of the unwholesomeness and how to eliminate that from the mind. Of course, we've talked about mindfulness and we talked about the seven factors of enlightenment and a lot of other things that we need to be cultivating in the mind, like concentration and things like this but now we're going to really be focusing in on these four mental qualities or these four mental states that need to be cultivated in the mind in order to attain enlightenment and they have specific purposes of why we cultivate these wholesome things in the mind because they transform certain unwholesome qualities so by moving in these wholesome qualities into the mind we're moving out the unwholesome qualities. And now the mind is filled and permeating with more and more wholesomeness. So we're going to talk about that on Sunday. And then next Wednesday, we're going to be doing breathing mindfulness meditation together. I've decided to just kind of rotate breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness, thinking that anybody who's interested in chanting can meet with me privately or go back and review those sessions that I taught that are recorded in the podcast and the YouTube channel because the breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation is where the real benefits are coming through. There are certainly benefits with chanting, but developing that practice is going to help you, but not everyone would need to chant in order to attain enlightenment. But everyone's going to need to do breathing mindfulness meditation and loving-kindness meditation to attain enlightenment. So that's why I'm spending these Wednesdays just focused solely on breathing mindfulness meditation and loving-kindness meditation. And then using our Sundays, as we have been, to progress through the book. We're about halfway through, a little bit over halfway through in terms of the numbers of chapters. But in terms of the number of pages, I think we're more than halfway through the book. So be sure that you focus on reading that chapter before or after class or both. If that has something that you're able to work into your schedule, just 10 or 15 minutes a day, even if it's a longer chapter, just read a little bit every day. Just kind of drip feed the Buddhist teachings into the mind, almost like an IV, just dripping it into the mind little by little. Same thing as you're building up your meditation practice, just little by little, just build it up every day build a nice, solid foundation. You know, if we just plow through this content, it's like building a house of cards. It's going to crumble. So that's why we're just taking our time week by week and building up this foundation slowly but surely. So thank you for your dedication and your commitment to learning and practicing these teachings, because as you do, it's improving your life. It's improving the life of the people close to you and all of humanity, because There's less harm that you're producing in the world, so that means the world doesn't have to deal with the harm that we're causing by us completely cutting that off and making more and more wholesome decisions in the world. There's oftentimes difficulties and struggles and challenges along the way on this path, and that's what these classes and the Facebook group and personal guidance is for, so feel free to reach out. But until I see you next time, have a lovely rest of your day and take care.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment.